probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to the Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud, and joining me, as ever, in the Essex Falcon, is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. This is a man who will tell you that that, that business on Kato Blimoidia does count. <laughs> you naughty boy. It's a stretch. It's a stretch of the blypum, but broski, I'm going to allow it. How on earth yes. are you, Matt, you spicy legend? Very good, mate. I actually YouTubed that scene to find out how Obi-Wan says it, and he says Kato Naimoidia. I was like, good enough for me. Yeah, very good, mate. Nice, quiet weekend. Watched the Saints get humiliated against Wolves. Had a good Star Ooh. Wars moment in my house this afternoon, though. The children were playing with these toy dolly, uh, horse things. Or horses, and they had this um, thunderstorm music playing on Alexa, and for some reason they were shouting, save the horses, save the dressage, or something like that. So I thought, now's my chance. Save the rebellion! Save the dream! <laughs> and everybody looked at me like I was mental and carried on, so that's how I've been. But how have you been, mate? Mate, that is a tidy little link, and if if they don't know what, what is going down with that quote, then maybe you shouldn't have them living at your house. You yeah, know, I'm just going to say put them up for adoption, I think. Yeah, get them out. Get them out. <laughs> yeah, man, I've had a good weekend. Oh, um, Danny Boy, friend of the podcast, legend and podcast rapper, um, as a little treat, took us up to the Arsenal. Um, nice. saw, saw them play an average game at the Emirates. Um, <laughs> but my um, my ugly mug got onto Arsenal fan TV, didn't it? I Which saw that. I saw um, that, mate. Yeah, mate, that's banter. So if any of you guys don't know, Arsenal Fan TV is hilarious. Go go check them out on YouTube. But yeah, mate, um, what else? There, there was something else. Oh, yeah, I watched. No, do you know what? That comes in later. That comes in later. Oh, I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to mention it. it. It comes in later to um, something we're talking about. It's crazy. It's like it's like we have notes or something. Um, yeah, of course. Who'd have thunk? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, not not that I'm great with them anyway, but Mr. Mr. Hud is much better with them than I am. But this week, listeners, ladies and gentlemen, Galactic Legends, we got something new for you. In fact, it's called the Galactic News Round. At the start of every show, we're going to briefly talk about the news that's going around the galaxy, but it's going to be real brief. We're just going to, Matt and I are going to take turns. We're going to go over the subjects. We're probably not going to talk about them in depth. We might mention mention them later on in the show. Who knows? Who knows? We're crazy. We're crazy. Mm. So let's smash it. George Lucas set the internet ablaze by cradling Baby Yoda in a photo shared by John Favreau. The rise of Skywalker passes $1 billion worldwide, but also now has the lowest ranked critic saga percentage on Rotten Tomatoes with 52%. Despite rumours to the contrary, the Kenobi Disney Plus series has not being cancelled. Jar Jar Binks, however, is rumoured to be appearing in the Kenobi show. 
Rumoured Mandalorian Season 2 casting sees Janina Gavanka appearing as Aiden Versio alongside Shriv, Bosk and Mon Mothma. Taika Waititi apparently approached to direct the next Star Wars film. And Star Wars Sessions podcast launches merchandise. Details in the Bantina. So now, to our main discussion. What has been firing up the galaxy this week? What's been tearing everyone apart? Well, my man, just a small thing of Colin Trevorrow's Episode 9 script has leaked. Uh, apparently, I say apparently because the only person who hasn't confirmed it's legit is Colin Trevorrow. Though he has been liking a lot of tweets uh, relating to how much people like this script or seem to like it. It's titled Jewel of the Fates. And before we talk about mm. any of the for any of the script and what we do or don't think about it, this is what the crawl would have sounded like. The iron grip of the First Order is spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighbouring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. The dead speak! Oh no, wrong one. So, there's the crawl for that, so we'll get on to that in a minute. So, this drops last week. I first heard of it via kind of rumblings and discourse on Twitter, who would have thought? Um, and I didn't really think much of it. So, I went on YouTube in the evening just to chill out, and I noticed that Robert Meyer Burnett, a uh, good pundit, had a video up about this leaked script called Jewel of the Fates, and I thought, oh, interesting. I, I, you know, I, I trust this guy's judgment. Then I saw next to it somebody else, another you know, fairly prominent pundit had a video up, Jewel of the Fates, script, script leaked. And I was like, wow, okay, oh, I'll have a listen. So I listened to what Robert had to say, took it all in, looked at, after, looked at uh, online afterwards and realised that, you know, the AV Club and other reputable sources are, you know, have confirmed this independently mm. as mm-hmm. being legitimate. And Colin Trevorrow hasn't actually come out and said, this isn't true, like he did last time. So as far as we're aware, 99%, 99.9% sure this is, uh, true this is a, this is legit a genuine script from Colin Trevorrow was going to be called Jewel of the Fates now I've read I've read the um, Reddit synopsis and I've read other uh, articles and I've read listened to what Robert Meyer Burnett said and I know you have as well mm. so as a kind of top line I know because we're going to get into what we thought about it but as a top line what did you think when you first heard the details of this um I'll be honest with you, mate. The first um, detail I thought is um, Jewel of the Fates. We called it. Yes. Called it. That was one of their names, (laughs) selfishly, (laughs) um, when we were going over what we thought the title was going to be in one of our earlier shows, which is crazy. Um, Probably coming up to a year ago. Um, Jewel of the Fates was definitely on the cards for for titles we thought episode nine could be. other than that, in, in, in summary, and I guess we're going to go into this, you know, goes without saying, there are bits of it I think are super cool, super cool, like missed opportunities. And there are other bits with, that, that I, I, I'm really not digging. 
What about you? Um, similar to the point, actually. There's there's a lot. It feels a lot smaller. There's a lot less characters muddy in the waters, if you will. And some yeah. of the tie-ins, I think, are so much better. But then there are other things which happen. I think well, that was really odd, or that mm-hmm. that feels mm-hmm. shoehorned in without any explanation. And I know this is a, script, a screenplay a script, sorry, not a you know a complete a detailed um, explanation of description of what happens. But do you know what I? I read this and heard it and I've stewed on it and I've gone back to read it and I've actually thought, you know what, on on paper, because it, it could translate to the screen differently, on paper, I think it sounds very good. And on paper, mm. there's a lot of things I would have rather have seen in this, in Jewel of the Fates and The Rise of Skywalker. I, As we've mentioned, I was ambivalent to a point to The Rise of Skywalker, really enjoyed the the adventurous spirit of it, but there was so much that didn't jive with me and not because it, I went in with the preconception of what I wanted, but just things that irked me somewhat. And there are things in this which I think, actually, I would have preferred that. But again, I'm going to disclaim that by saying that Colin Trevorrow could have put this on, and Derek Connolly, who also wrote this, could have put this on screen, and it could have been, you know, ten times of terrible. So we've got to say that, that just mm. because it sounds great doesn't mean it is. Um, and I know we've asked you guys what you thought, and we've got different opinions. Now, yeah, a lot of it, like you said... I actually quite like. There are some things I didn't like, but the actual the script itself pretty much sees the resistance head into Coruscant, where they've got a lighter beacon to try and which will send a signal to about fifty planets to uh, rally more the, the troops to their cause, basically in a in a fight in like the last stand, final last stand against the First Order, and that's pretty much it. And Kylo Ren is on a self discovery mission. He goes to different places, and Rey is struggling with herself as the last Jedi. And that's kind of where our story is. And that's the three main parts of it. And as I said, there's a lot of characters who come back from The Last Jedi and ones from The Rise of Skywalker who are never mentioned at all. To me, I think actually this ties up the sequel trilogy better and actually and actually seemingly provides a better thematic link to The Last Jedi just because of what happens in it. But what about you, mate? So, I mean, let's get into what we did like about it. It's probably the best place to start. Dude, before we go on, I just want to mention, I totally forgot to mention this earlier, um, but I saw The Rise of Skywalker again on Friday at a dodgy little cinema. In, I say dodgy, I don't mean that. A lovely little cinema <laughs> in Canvey Island in South Essex. Yeah, you know yeah. the one. Yeah, three pound a ticket or something like that. Yeah, broski. Yeah. On weekends, it's a fiver, but that's still like half the price or more, man. And that's more, like yeah. 30%, 40% of the price oh, of... No. Uh, you know, the amount of quid you have to cough up at Cineworld, you know? It's a nice little cinema as well. Yeah, man, it's cute. From. It's cute. And it's, it's um, popcorn's pretty good. So, yeah, that is, uh, I am going to say this, that is fresh in my mind. And, mm-hmm. and I do find myself, and I think every time I see this film, I am enjoying it more and more. Mm-hmm. A bit like The Last Jedi. The more I watched The Last Jedi, the more I understood from it, the more I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling pretty similar with this one. There are missed opportunities, obviously, but um, and obviously that stirs up emotion when we go through this this script, right? Because there are moments like you you asked about some of my favourite things. Going to Coruscant, I think mm-hmm. that is sick, and yeah. it talks about like the different um different layers of Coruscant, like they're building it up more and more. So the layers you go down, it gets older. And there's obviously like a little um, rough bit of the planet still, uh, as there would be. That we, and we kind of get a hint in that in the Clone Wars. 
but they they go down to like one of the levels of the planet and there are people like there are homeless people about it's pretty rough very blade runner-esque and Mm -hmm. you you know sign me up for that that seems sweet i love the sound of that yeah it's it's described as no longer being vibrant the chorus sound we got in the prequels doesn't exist at that level anymore and i really wanted to see a Coruscant bought into 20, 2019 with the graphics and the effects that they could have done. Like you say, Blade Runner-esque, because Blade Runner 2049 looked, just looks smoking. Oh, that is one of the most beautiful films, man. That film is stunning. Right. What Roger Deakins did for that was incredible for the cinematography. Had they could have done that with Coruscant, I think it could be it could have been ace. The First Order have set themselves up that they've got a palace there, apparently. So we would have mm. actually seen more of a different side of Coruscant and it would have immediately given us that those prequel feelings. So we'd have thought, right, this is a tie-in. This is tying in now to uh, the prequel trilogy where Coruscant was such a big deal. And, I mean, they stay open as well on, on the Kuat shipyards. And for geeks who read the canon and the visual dictionaries, the Kuat shipyards are where all of the Star Destroyers are made like from the Empire days. It's, it's a big part of canon, but kind of like, I wouldn't say unspoken, but it's, a, it's kind of a, not well known, but it is a pretty... Decent deep dive to to be at the Kuwait shipyards. Uh, I like mm. that. I don't know. I, I like the fact that Palpatine wasn't in it, apart from as a, <laughs> oh, as a hologram. Dude. But then the hologram yeah. also yeah. brings up some problems because the hologram of Palps is what is given Vader some instructions. If the boy kills me, go and meet this geezer called Tor Valum, who apparently showed taught Palpatine everything he knew. Now I'm thinking, well, right, you know, Why Darth Plagueis are sitting there saying, you know, I'm right. still here, yeah. Right. So there's that. Maybe they Go would on. have explained that. I don't know. But on paper, it does seem a bit odd. But I like the fact that Palps wasn't in it. Dude, that seems, it seems crazy because I can see what Colin's doing with a lot of these. There's a lot of mirroring going on. Um, like there was a bit where Leia like, like um, plugged something into R2 or something and it's meant mm-hmm. to echo what happened in A New Hope. And then R2's literally showing us like memories of what's happened in the saga, you know, what he has seen. That seems pretty cool. That seems really cool. But again, it's like, is it too on the nose? And again, like you said, like with uh, just, sorry, I'm going everywhere here, but like, you know what you said about Palpatine, you know, like basically setting up Vader to take on his task. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that doesn't seem like a Palpatine thing to do. Yeah. If he's dead, if he is dead, something like um, Cinder's going down. Yeah. They are burning. They are, but he wants the galaxy to burn. If he is dying, he don't want like Vader like being a successor. He don't want no one being a successor. He he wants the galaxy to to really know who they've messed with, right? Yeah. He just seems like that sort of guy. He doesn't seem like a guy of oh Vader. By the way, um, I've died. You're in charge um, now. <laughs> so you're in charge now. It's all hunky dory. This guy I've never mentioned before. Yeah, go train with him. I don't know, mate. That it, it, that That's seems it. like that almost like feels because there are bits in this script the way you're like, yeah, that's that's sweet. That makes a lot of sense. And then, but that is one of those things that feels like a Palpatine thing in Episode Nine. That feels like something that you you cannot explain. You cannot feasibly explain unless unless it's Darth Plagueis. That's the yeah, only thing. And make it why? Dude, why aren't film? Why aren't any of these filmmakers talking about Darth Plagueis? I don't get it. If I was I Darth Plagueis, it. I'd be a bit aggrieved by now that not everyone seemed to. The galaxy's forgotten all about me. I, uh, 
Like, you see, this is a great part about spec- uh, this kind of chat. Is whilst you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, why is it? Why they me- never mentioned Tor Valum? And now, unless Palpatine sent Vader there, so this Tor Valum can can teach him the ways of immortality to, and then he can then bring Palpatine back. But you know, the slight flaw in that plan is Vader's probably like. I don't want to bring him back, so uh, that's the only thing I could think of. But that doesn't make any sense. It should just nah. be, but you play this. I like the actual description of Tor Valum. He's like seven thousand year old ghost thing, and he's described as Lovecraftian in a pre- in appearance. I love Lovecraftian is kind of this uh, horror of which you can't comprehend, like, like appear an image of which you can't comp- like cosmic horror, and it sounds incredible. I would have loved to have seen. Like that kind of like gothic horror villain in who's seven thousand year old years old in Star Wars again could have looked awful, could have been terrible. On paper, sounds great, and that's the best thing about the script. On paper, a lot of it sounds great. The what Kylo Ren's journey sounds great, where um, he travels to Mustafar, and we actually find out a bit more about what he's doing. He's going to find a holocron, um, and. The, and Luke Skywalker, just like he said in in the Last Jedi, strike me down, and I'll you know, and I'll always be with you, like your father. In this script, Luke Skywalker is haunting Kylo Ren. It's a direct tie into the Last Jedi, and you know he's saying things like, "This is where the Darth Park leads, an empty tomb." Kylo's like, "Where did your path lead?" And and Luke's trying to convince him to go back to Leia. Kylo's going to be, I'm going to be more powerful than any Jedi, even you. It's back and forward, which we were promised in the Last Jedi, but was completely ignored in the rise of skywalker and with which has had which has had so much going on but that was such a big moment for me in the last jedi when he's like same as obi-wan he's like strike me down i'll be more powerful blah blah luke mm. said it to kylo but it's never really followed up and in this script they do follow up and i much prefer that and obviously the ending is different we kind of get the force ghosts coming to save kylo but it doesn't work or ben solo but it doesn't work, mm. so we get the re- we get a failed redemption. I think I would have preferred that as well. Really? Just because it's different. I don't know, man. I've seen the Ben Solo montage with the um, "I Need a Hero," <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. And Remember the hand gesture is sweet. I've got to give him that, dude. I love the Ben Solo redemption. I love. The again, the Han scene, dude. I watched again Friday, and I, I, I was sitting. I was like, I was like, damn, this. I, I literally was sitting there like, this might be one of the best scenes in the whole saga. I was yeah. sitting there Friday, thinking, oh my days, this is crazy good, crazy good. I adore it. So when I'm used to that, and and I've got around to, but oh, I didn't even get around to thinking that. I've always kind of thought that from from. opening night you know um reading this script i'm not sure if i enjoy the ben solo stuff quite as much or the kylo stuff quite as Mm -hmm. much isn't there something am i going crazy or is there something about the the mask like kylo getting another mask Mm -hmm. made and then it's sticking to his face or something yeah when he when he tries to open the holocron (laughs) which has got um palpatine's whatever in it the the holocron basically just screw, blows up and damages his face and then um uh, it burns it, sorry it releases red lightning onto Kylo's face and basically distorts his face and and essentially his face is repaired with smelted Mandalorian armor to kind of so I don't know if that's like cyborg face or just kind of 
I don't, I don't know. I can't picture it. But yeah, Mandalorian, I guess Beskar armor is used to repair his face. Here's something, mate. Here's something I want to I want to ask you, and I want to know. All right. Let's look at those dates, and I'm just I'm just like changing the subject back to not not necessarily story based, but something else. Sixteenth mm-hmm. of December, twenty sixteen. That's yep. that's a, a week before Carrie Fisher's death. Yes. Do you think that has anything to do with Trevoro saying, "Look, it can't be done. Um, this script can't be done. Not, th- this cannot be done." Oh, the script as we have it now, this jewel of the fate script. Mm-hmm. doesn't have an awful lot of Carrie in it from what I've read and seen. She's in it and she's fairly prominent. Like towards the end, she she she, uh, she, she speaks to Lando, can you rally the troops? And then she brings all of, the, all of the forces to Coruscant and we have this massive space and ground battle. I would have dug that. And Chewie's in an X-Wing, by the way, which would have been oddly cool. But again, fan service, maybe I'm fanboying. But she's not in it as much as Trevorrow had said before because he originally said... You know, Leia, this was going to be Leia's film. He couldn't wait to work with Mark Hamill's Luke, but also Leia, this was going to be her film. And it's been, and Kathleen Kennedy's come out and said, you know, this would have been Leia's film. Now, this script mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't, that. doesn't back that up, I don't think. But I can imagine him, I can't imagine it being a part of it. I still think the, the fallout from the Book of Henry had a problem, had a, had a, was part of the reason why he's not there anymore. But even yeah. then, that still smacks of desperation because the Book of Henry might have been a critical failure, but everybody has a critical failure. Even Spielberg's done some clangers in his time. You know, everybody does a of bad course, film. Of course, of course, So yeah. I think it's that, potentially the issue, obviously, caused by the tragedy of Carrie Fisher passing. And I, I don't know. I think I, I don't know if Lucasfilm read this script and just didn't like it. Because there have been times when studios look at a script, don't like it, and will bin the director. Because the crazy thing is, man, like, and this is what I'm trying to get my head around. We spoke to Bespin Bulletin last week, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 16th of the 12th, 2016. Dude, that was before Rogue One came out. Can you believe that? That's crazy. A couple of day, it was a couple of days before that came a, out, yeah. A couple of days before Rogue One came out. So at this <laughs> point, we only had one Disney-era Star Wars. Yeah, let's like, let that sink in. One Disney five, Star Wars. Five films later, five films later, we are talking about all four, you know, depending on if you're excluding or including the um, Force Awakens. But you get the gist, yeah? Like nearly half a decade later, and we're here well. talk, talking about this. Now, does that line up? Does this script leak line up with um, the time that was given to JJ to do episode nine? Because it seems like. Well, when was Tra- Trevorrow, Trevorrow let go? He was he was binned around not long after this time. To be honest, it wasn't because um, JJ Abrams took over in 2017, I think, which only gave him like yeah, the two years almost to do his to do his work. And Trevorrow was announced very early on in the process, same as Ryan Johnson. So he would have been writing his script. So the script or the draft would have been written by the end of 2016 for a 2019 release. Because so I, I was it sure ready. the I was sure episode nine stuff with JJ like what we were talking about with Bespin last week was like late twenty eighteen. Do you know what I mean? That's nearly two years. I I remember Colin being bin I say bin for want of a better term being you know let go fairly early between it was definitely between the Rogue One and the Last Jedi because mm. there's obviously also those rumours that 
Ryan Johnson may suddenly take over. Maybe yes, maybe it was true, maybe it's later true. on in maybe it's later on in 2017. But I don't think it was late in 2017 because JJ. It still took a little while to get JJ on board. But um, I am going to find out actually whilst we're talking. Yeah. Okay. Because that's that's an interesting one because it, again it seems. Before we dive in anymore, I'm I'm still questioning, and I know I know some people have you know kind of validated this, but the, you know validation in this in this world, and we we know as as people have worked for big corporations, we know how sometimes easy it is for a a corporate a quote unquote corporation to sign something off, and and actually it's not authentic or it's not right. Maybe mm-hmm. there's an error in it. Um, so I am I am still a little bit suspicious of this script something in it doesn't seem right and also if this was the first script or one of the first scripts proposed i don't see how there's anything really that that would be enough for disney to to or lucasfilm to get rid of trevorrow it 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 doesn't seem feasible this is Hollywood, I guess. I guess it's this all is I can Hollywood. think of. Yeah. This is I mean, Hollywood. This is Hollywood. Google tells me that by September 2017, Trevorrow had left episode nine. But again, also, as big businesses do, that decision would have been made long before September 2017. They wouldn't have just, they wouldn't have axed him and then announced it. It could have been two, three, four months before that. So, yeah, yeah true. You know, true. around, a, probably maybe the end of the first quarter of 2017, maybe. Uh, coming into quarter two of 2017, I imagine. But um, yeah, I, it's a strange one. And it's it's one of those ones that not even our best friend bulletin will be able to tell us what happened. But mm. we're never going to find out what happened. And a lot of people attribute it to the Book of Henry. Others say it was a falling out with Lucasfilm. And then others say it was due to Carrie Fisher's passing. It, you know, it, it seems to be a bit, everybody has their own opinion. And I don't know, I agree though. There's nothing in There's nothing in this script that makes me think, well, Lucasfilm would have seen that and absolutely hated it. Apart from, yeah. well, apart from, apart from the one thing at the end, which I don't think they would have hated, but I think they would have had a trouble trying to explain it. And that's Mention when they it. go to Mortis mm. because it just comes mm. out of the blue. It's like Ray and Kylo get to Mortis. Like, right, firstly, why are they going to Mortis? What's there? And what? Uh, yeah, and just like, uh, and I know the Solo bought back more spoiler. For, so the obviously the canon junkies would have got that, and the casual fans would have thought, well, who's this? He was cut in half. In the Phantom Menace, Mortis would would be a big deal to explain because it's like a Force nexus. It's like the it's like the, the father, son, and daughter, and the home of the Force almost. One, of, um, I think that's like the wellspring of life. I think it's called. But the Mortis is like one of the most powerful Force planets in the galaxy, and you've had to ex- had to have explained why they're there and why what's the point of being there. And what we saw in the Clone Wars that everybody got like heightened powers, and it's all like a different dimension and. That's a bit weird for me, yeah, and trippy, in a film, man. it might not work in a film. And maybe they would have been like, "I." Maybe they were like, "You've got I eighty six Mortis and Colin and Derek Connolly were like, no, we really want this. We believe in this.'" And maybe that was like a do or die thing where there were certain moments which didn't sit well with Lucasfilm, and then the end they went with Exegol, which is which I like as well. But the Mortis thing, I don't know. Other than that, I can't think of anything which is like offensive to Lucasfilm. No, it doesn't seem like that. And 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 if it is like there are bits in this, like again, what I mentioned earlier with Kylo's that face effectively getting melted onto the mask, <laughs> which seems crazy anyway. Like, how would you 
execute um, that bad boy onto the big screen. You know, that'd be really hard to do. I, I don't know how they'd do that. Um, but also, it doesn't seem like something that that seems like something they'd go like with Colin and say, "Look, Colin, you know, you know, reel that one in a little bit, like that's the cray cray." Yeah, tone that bit down again. But do you know what? If he was a reasonable dude, and and you know, he seems so. Um, I'd, you know, if it was me, I'd be like, yo, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, mm-hmm. you guys are paying me and I don't know. Um, but maybe it was too much of that, but yeah, mate, yeah, it, se- it seems real weird. So some of this, let's be honest. It seems like this film, a bit like the rise of Skywalker, it's aiming for a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've oh, yeah, tell you one thing, dude, after my third viewing rise of Skywalker should have been a three hour film. Or, agree, or, mate. or or a two hour forty five, two hours. Just another 40, twenty minutes. Just another twenty minutes, fifteen minutes, and give me a Plagueis line, an actual Plagueis line as well, not a not a cheeky wink to the audience. Yeah, uh, wink, I, wink. The difference between this script, I think, and what we got, and again, I know I keep saying it, but it's just a final draft. It may have changed. It may have been different when it's on screen, but it, as I mentioned, it feels smaller. If it, it, it didn't have. You had the guy, the teams, because we've got Team A and Team B, they're called, which are like Team Team A was basically Rose, Finn, R2 and 3PO. Team B was Ray, Poe and Chewbacca, as it was, which I like that. And they basically go to places themselves and meet all meet up at the end. But they basically, Team A, Rose, Finn, R2, 3PO, go to Kuat and Poe joins him as well. And then that team goes to Coruscant. Team B goes to a couple of planets, um, which I can't remember the names of now, One, like the resist, resistance base on somewhere called like Court Alaf. And that's it. It just feels a lot smaller. You don't have quite as much, quite as many new characters being brought in. It, you, it's just the core characters of the sequel trilogy, which you know what? I would have preferred that as much as I love Zori. Um, I love Janna uh, and um, all those other people they brought in as well. But Babu Frick. But I looking at this, I, pref- I would have preferred the smaller story which is more frantic you know they're at the shipyard they've got to blow blow the shipyard it doesn't work they steal a star destroyer that's happened in canon a few times i like that mm. and then it's basically right you go to coruscant you go and do that and we'll meet in the middle i i like that it's not you know traveling across the galaxy in in 80 minutes it's a few places and it's more focused and the characters which we we've grown to like in the sequel trilogy and it does include rose tico you know i'm a big fan of rose uh, we, they would have got they would have got their their screen time, which the, the the first two films in the trilogy afforded them. Or in people like Rose's case, the Last Jedi, she's a fairly big player in that. It would have carried on, and we would have had to bring in Beaumont Kin, Dominic Monaghan's character. We wouldn't have had to bring in um, Janna and and that because they almost felt like they were just doing Rose's job for her. But I like the fact that it was a smaller story. With smaller characters, so I like I like that as well. Plus, like the apparently according to uh, Robert Meyer Burnett, the script apparently the humor in it is like proper Star Wars humor. The back and forwards between Finn and Poe, especially uh, and Rose and that when they're trying to steal the Star Destroyer on Kuat, and during it as well, the humor was well placed and apparently it's like you know proper Star Wars humor. But I will say that the Rise of Skywalker, as we've mentioned, nailed the humor, so I'm not worried about that. Yeah, dude. JJ gets Star Wars humor and he gets Star Wars moments. Yeah. Because and and this is one thing I will say is that it's it's I think it's very easy to sit here and say 
this sounds good that sounds good and don't get me wrong a lot of this actually sounds really interesting sounds like it'd be a good laugh and great to see on screen um but that's the thing seeing it on screen the the ability to project these ideas onto the big screen is is a whole different ball game and it takes on a whole different meaning and it, it, it and yeah i wonder i really do wonder how some of this would would have would have turned out um, one of the things that I really took from from the script that I really, I really like, I I like that I like both of these both outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. For different reasons, I like that Ray had a family in the Rise of Skywalker, and that was the Palpatines. Mm-hmm. I buy into that, and I don't mind it. And it, you know, maybe those um, seeds were sown earlier on in the trilogy, specifically the Force Awakens. You know, now now you're seeing uh, you go back and watch Ray's fighting style, mm-hmm. watch the way she she screams and shouts when she's fighting. It's you know, it's very much like her granddad. Mm-hmm. You, and you there's know, lines in the novel as well which hint to that. Yes, right. I, so there's there's bits and bobs that that do really makes sense actually and he's right so so then then i like i like that and i can i actually think you can expand upon that in the canon however i really do like in this script ray remains a a quote-unquote no one Mm -hmm. um we actually do find out her surname don't we in in this in this script uh begins with an s i think or something like that it's not ray skywalker again is it no (laughs) no not quite it's ray snoke I don't know what it was actually. I I heard I heard from a different source. We find out it's is something like Kylo ends up telling her. Oh, if anyone uh, out there knows it, let us know. Yeah. So so anyway anyway, um in the, in this script she's still a no one, and I like the idea that anybody can come up if if the force chooses them and if they go along with it, mm-hmm. you know they 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 work with the force, they work with the will of the force. Then, then you know that that you you can do right. You can you can bring balance to the galaxy, and I like that idea. That that was always something that I think Ryan really really um, explored well in the Last Jedi. Yeah, and the Ray we get in this iteration may have been better suited to how Ryan wrote her. Again, conjecture, because the Ray we got in the Rise of Skywalker is a Ray one year on from um, the. The Last Jedi. I mean, how the the canon novels still state that Rey is struggling with her powers and is with her and with her place in the galaxy. And we kind of get that in the Rise of Skywalker. But at certain times, you also do get you know a Rey who's doing fifty foot backflips um, over waves and other things. But I actually liked Rey again in the Rise of Skywalker. She's one of my favourite characters in the saga. I love Rey, but I would have liked to have seen this Rey. The way she, her, and Finn have almost like a bond. Where Ray Finn's like talking to her about Kylo, saying you have to, you know, you've got to shut him out. He can't change, and Ray's like, it's never too late to change. You taught me that, Finn, and it's playing off the that amazing chemistry they had in the Force Awakens, and also Ray and Luke as they train. Because I said in the, in the actual Rise of Skywalker um, re- spoiler review, we did that Ray and Luke, their actual like uh, relationship in in the film in the Last Jedi is is rocky at best. They don't really get on well. Mm. Not out of like malice towards each other, but just a situation. He doesn't want to leave the island. She wants him to. She's obviously strong-willed and so is he. And it just, they bounce off each other. And in this 
script, you know, Ray is challenging him. He's like, balance, you know, the dark will suffocate the light, the light will extinguish that, it comes back and forward. How is that balance? And Luke's kind of saying, my father had the same anger, I know what what it's all about. And then Ray's like, so says my master, and his master says that. In fact, a thousand masters have all said the same thing, telling us how to live. And it's kind of like back and forward uh, as Ray's trying to basically stop being, not stop being a Jedi, but following that path. Uh, and again, and Luke's trying to convince her because he's saying the Force is speaking to her. But that again, that feels like uh, again, I I would have liked to have seen that as well, a bit more of that kind of continuation of her training with Luke and the Luke how we saw him in the Last Jedi and the Finn and Ray relationship. I like that kind of dynamic because obviously Luke is then also haunting Kylo. So a lot of the Titans in this script work better to the Last Jedi for me. From what I'm reading, for upon upon reading it, but it, but again, there's the stuff like Torvalum, there's Mortis, there's, there's there's other things which don't really tie in. They don't really work. Look, and you know, we like to say, where's where's Plagueis? There's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. I love to Hux being being now being Chancellor Hux. That sounds perfect. Can you can you imagine Hux prancing around Coruscant, just keep keep telling everyone? I'm Chancellor Hux. Chancellor Hux. Yeah. With his nose in the air. I would have loved to see Donal get a bit more to do because I think he's yes. great as Hux. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I think actually I that was again, that was a bit of the script I really liked. Again, being back on Coruscant, seeing that more blade runnery type of um aesthetic on Coruscant mm-hmm. would be sick. And yeah, Dom Hall, uh, you know, as the Chancellor. Chancellor <gasps> oh, that's cool, isn't it? And they're still a lock hit as well. Carlo still hates him. Huck still hates Carlo. So we still got that dynamic. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I, I actually do prefer that to what we got in The Rise of Skywalker. Again, I don't mind Hux in trust, but you know, it, we don't see a lot of it. We don't see I'm a lot the of spy. Him. I'm the spy. Oh, come on. Come on. And again, this isn't a bash of the Rise of Skywalker because we both enjoyed that film. Yeah, of course. Of course, mate. Yeah. For anyone new to the show. It just, there's a lot in this to take in. And yeah, again, it's, it's, you know what? I'm going to take it back to the Jedi thing. The the Jedi, they they look into more meaning of what the Jedi is in this (laughs) film, don't they? Yes. And Ray's kind of, at a crossroads where she's she's not sure if she wants to be a Jedi, let alone if she's a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm I'm not really sure on that one. It doesn't seem some of these points don't seem fleshed out enough, and they seem to contradict themselves. Uh, them, yeah. So Ray has an argument about not wanting to be a Jedi, and then like later on in the script, she turns around and tells Leia she trusts her Jedi training. Mm-hmm. Right, so. Yeah, you've got a little bit of a contradiction there. But obviously this seems like a rough script, and we know that. But again, it seems like that seems messy in itself. And imagine that amplified, because that's what it is. This is just like rough plot points. But imagine those sort of mistakes or those sort of complications just amplified onto a massive screen, and it's a a two-and-a-half-hour film. I don't know. This is it, yeah. This is it. I mean, we'll never know. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Uh, <laughs> this this is called the last draft, only because of what obviously uh, Carrie Fisher's passing. Could there have been rewrites? Well, there would have been reshoots and rewrites anyway, as is as we mentioned with Bespin, as is standard on massive Hollywood productions. Maybe this script would have had one more going through, and they would have ironed those out. Who knows? 
But that is, again, that's just speculation on top of speculation. For what we have, though, yeah, that's a, to call it what it is, that's a contradiction, that's a bit odd. And something that, had it made it to the big screen, we'd have been sitting there thinking, well, hold on, 45 minutes ago, you'd just been telling the greatest Jedi ever, you know, murking him, punking him off. And now you're saying, <laughs> actually, I love your your Jedi train, however, is brilliant. You know, it, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, would have been a bit mm-hmm. odd. Um, kind of, I mean, Han Solo does appear in this film at some point. Rose gets captured and tortured. I'm telling you, if that happens, I'm bursting through that screen to save her. And one of, one of the other things I liked was Finn, R2 and 3PO. They they start like a a, a riot, a citizen's upri- uprising on Coruscant. They they surround the First Order's palace or citadel. And like the, they, they rally the, the ordinary folk of the gal- the ones who have been under the oppression, the oppression of the First Order to to fight back. So there would have been that where people wanted that stormtrooper revolt, which we kind of got with Janna and the 71 crew or whatever they're called, 77 crew. Um, yeah, yeah. But this would have actually had a full on like citizens riot. I don't know what they would have had as weapons, but maybe, I don't know, that would have been quite cool maybe because it kind of would have had a, for, as an end of a saga, to have like the citizens of like, the, one of the most powerful planet or ex-powerful planets in the galaxy rising up to, as a revolution, I think that would have been quite good because the, 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 the films before it showed a galaxy under the oppression of somebody, the oppression yeah. of the Sith or the yeah. Empire or the Separatists or the First Order. So actually find, to have it, a final battle actually involving this ordinary citizen saying, no, we've finally had enough. Would have been quite cool, see, I think. We, we, we kind of see that in The Rise of Skywalker with the ships, with all mm. the ships turning up. And they go, it's not fleet, it's, 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 it's people. That's right, yeah. The, the yeah. It's called the Freedom Fleet, I think they're called, or something like that. It's, and I, again, I, I kind of dig it. Wish we got a bit more of it. Again, then maybe that's why we needed that extra few minutes. That's a good point, actually. Yes, that is pretty um, similar. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the more you look into this script, you can see that maybe this is legit because there are there are things that are taken from there are elements that are taken from this script mm-hmm. that are put into the rise of skywalker one of those is like the force healing stuff or the force energy i don't think it's necessarily called the force um mm-hmm. healing in this script but again it's that kind of it 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 builds upon the force and what what's what's possible from it um physically between ray and and kylo so yeah again that's pretty cool but then there are some there are some things that seem like they're either ripped off of something else and and listen no stories are truly completely 100 percent authentic because art imitates art imitates art imitates art that's how humans work and you strip it down a lot of these stories are just stories like from or or whatever from all sorts of tales or books And yeah, so one of one of the things again that stood out for me, I, which I kind of like, but it's almost a little bit too on the nose, is like the 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 fire thing. Uh, is it the fire or the lamp thing? That the it's like from Lord of the Rings. It's like from Return oh, of the King when they light the actual uh, the light, like the beacons, light the beacons. Yes, yes, yes. It's like the same thing. There's like a beacon in the old Jedi Temple, yes, and they it. light it. And it goes to like all the other planets, and that's how they use they use that to like help build up the resistance, build up the people to fight back. But it's like, why didn't they do that then? 
Yeah, why, they why, from never done it? why didn't like Obi-Wan just slip in there or Bail Organa slip in there? Whoops, like, to, like blow out a cigarette on that bad boy. <laughs> Hello there, like the beacon. Like, one of those bad boys on there, boom. <laughs> a death stick, and it, bosh. Before you know it, uh, the Empire would be like, damn, like, oh, we can't even do anything now. I told you to take that thing down. Yeah, yeah it just seems like that's a little far-fetched, isn't Get it? And, maintenance on that. Yeah, not not only is it far fetched, it just seems like it, a steal from Lord of the Rings, like straight up rip off from Lord of epic the Rings. Moment in Lord of the Rings as well. Yes, it's it's excellent, but in in that context, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But again, do you know what, dude? I'm going to bring it back around because there's there's lots of things that I like and don't like in in this proposal, mm-hmm. but. It highlights once again, once again, the necessity that in the future, Lucasfilm, Disney need to plan the trilogy or the set of films better. Mm-hmm. They need Absolutely. to. They need to. This just reiterates the fact that we, we could have got some pretty different endings, really. And the fact that we got completely different, you know, we, we, it just feels inconsistent. It feels inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And I love these Disney Star Wars films individually. But when you go look back at the prequels, you know, for all of, you know, the, the mistakes and silly things that happen in that, dude, you can't argue that it was consistent. Absolutely. And it told a brilliant story. It, when, you, when you step back and look at the bigger picture, the prequels tell an amazing story. Well, even visually, they all look the same. Because even the fact that Menace, which was shot on film, and Clones and Sith were shot digitally, but they still have that same like visual aesthetic where you know, where you look at one and you're like, right, this is part of the Star Wars prequel trilogy. It's like seven, eight, and nine. They all look new, but they all look a little bit different. Like the color palettes are different, and I actually like that. Force Awakens is very yellow. Um, the right, last one is very red, and there's a very sort of like blue hue to the Rise of Sky. I like that. But like this, that, that just because there's different um, directors at the helm, and the OT had different directors, but uh, George Lucas was omnipresent. He was there. He pretty well, as as you've said, and we've all said, he pretty much directed Return of the Jedi from the from the shadows, like Palpatine. But no, I do agree. It. They they did it, Richard. Do it. They needed to. Um, they need that. And if the the High Republic or whatever's coming next has to learn from these mistakes, because uh, it is a mistake to me that they did not. They did not plan these trilogies out better, but again, I, I'm pleased with what we've got. So, um, before before we go anywhere, I've got three things out of this script which I wanted to throw at you as well. Shoot, shoot, shoot! The first one is Ben Solo, or sorry, sorry, Kylo Ren actually killed Ray's parents. What do you think about that? Because they were nobodies, <sighs> and Snoke told him to do it. Yeah, I part of me says, yeah, I kind of like that tragedy. And then another part of me says, but wouldn't that have been mentioned in The Last Jedi? Mm-hmm. I don't know. True. Uh, I'm True. kind of indifferent about it. Yeah, sorry, yeah. lame, lame no, answer. No, not at all. It's, it's what, you, what you think, mate. Uh, sorry, I lied. I've got an extra one. Oh, the <laughs> Ray and Kylo in this film, they are basically fighting against preconceptions of what they should be so Rey is mm. you know she's seen to be a Jedi Kylo's a supreme leader and Vader's grandson but they're fighting against that rather than embracing it more what do you think about that as well I I kind of like that mm-hmm. I kind of like that 
Um, and I, but again, that's an element that's taken, or like we we don't know. But that is an element we see in the rise of Skywalker. Don't be afraid of who you are. But yeah, I I kind of like it in this one. I'm gonna say it's okay. it's loose and it needs it needs more building on. But it, I I, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. Yeah, I dig that answer as well. Also, Carlo actually shatters Vader's mask in this, which is fairly symbolic as well, which would have been quite cool to see. Yes. So the two big questions now, you know, listen, roll the drums, get the music going. This is what we've all come to hear. Firstly, it's no Babu Frick. How are you feeling? Oh, bro. Babu is like our boy, isn't he? Like, you know... Oh man! Like, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Like, oh, and here's a little anecdote. And, and don't forget, you're asking me another question, in you? Is there one more to I've go? Got, oh, is, I've got, I've got one more. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so we'll come back to that, right? Yeah. But I just want to mention this. Yeah. So on Friday, a few of us went, and I promised to take um, my auntie with us. Now, my auntie is autistic. She she mm-hmm. has like the mind of a, a like a three or four year old, um, but she's well into her like. 40s 50s i think oh naughty luke um <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but anyway so but she loves film she loves cinema and she loves star wars and i tell you what mate she flipping loved the rise of skywalker nice. like absolutely adored it and babu frick was a huge part of that I, she loves she loved the camaraderie of the of the main people the jokes and whatnot kylo right like you you can tell she loved that but, but babu freak she was she was going crazy about i just know for a fact if she sees a babu freak toy or a little <laughs> like teddy thing she is gonna go crazy for that crazy for that um but yeah mate like that is one thing that seems to be missing i, I know you've mentioned about the humor already that it was going to be like ot style humor ot ot um <laughs> i'm i'm it, it seems like a a film that needs a Babu Frick in it. Okay. So, yeah, Babu I, Frick in it. I, I love Babu, mate. He's great. He's MVP. If anyone on YouTube could basically put Babu Frick into every film possible, I want to see The Godfather with Babu Frick in it. Yeah, I want Toy to see... Story. Toy Story. Toy Story. Maybe not Schindler's List, but yeah. Toy Story, yes. <laughs> Um, I just realised I was about to say because it's a big film, isn't it? Everybody knows it. Of all the films to name, I'm looking at I'm looking at my DVD rack, and it's the first one I thought I want to see Alien with Babu Frick. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. You know the the genocide film. Yeah, yeah, that hilarious film. Now the final question for you, Master Bly Walker, and also any of all these new characters, there isn't any Bly puns, which is slightly annoying. Oh, uh, no. No, that's going to make your job harder, isn't it? Same as The Rise of Skywalker. The only pun is the title, The Rise of Blywalker. So the question for you, mate. Oh, Rise of Skywalker versus Jewel of the Fates. Which title do you prefer? Episode 9, colon, um, Bosch. That's a hard one. I think I prefer Jewel of the Fates, you know. Mm-hmm. But is well. it... Is it too on the nose that it's named after a song from episode one? Um, it could be. Yeah, again, it could be seen as that. Yeah. I mean, how many people would realise that other than the fans? Mm. Like the big fans mm. who know it, I guess. I, I dig it. I dig but it. But yeah, though. it is on the I nose. I dig it. Yeah. Because The Rise of Skywalker, the title itself, 
we were because we were talking about what could it mean, and I still don't see what Skywalker, other than Ben Ben Solo, like rising out of the pits of Exegol. I don't see which Skywalker rose in that film. I think it's multiple. I mean, I know it's. Me- I guess it's meant to be Ray because Daisy Ridley even yeah. said it's answered in the final scene. But I mean, really, really, it, it, the, the, I mean, you think of Skywalker, you think Luke, Anakin, Leia, Ben Solo. Now, uh, probably forgotten someone else. That's that's kind of what you think of. And I don't know. I, and Ray Skywalker just doesn't feel like a rising of Skywalker to me. Only I, because I we know she isn't. Several things, right? It's it's with the help of Luke Skywalker, the um the galaxy rising. Thanks to Luke Skywalker, it's the resistance rising. Thanks to Ben Solo, the last blood relative of the Skywalker family, he rose. He rises literally out of a cave, out of like that, yeah. that after he gets yeeted. After that, like he's, he comes out of that hole, boom, right. Like and then at the end, yeah, you've got Ray, rise, 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 rise. And it's, and you know, she is the representation of the Skywalker. She, she, her only family she's had for the last few years, for the, for the most important bit of her life, because her life wasn't a life beforehand. Her mm-hmm. life was getting up and, and going in working for these portions that's it that is it that is not a life that ain't living her living was with luke it was with leia it was with han it was with ben it was with her friends Mm -hmm. so all of that is a symbolization of skywalker but is it symbolization of that or jedi because at the end she says and i am all the jedi therefore the rise of the jedi would have been quite a cool title on the nose i'm yeah yeah, on the nose. I, I still, I pref- so I prefer Jewel of Fates, but I see how how Rise of Skywalker makes sense mm-hmm. because it's it's a it's an ideology as well that you know maybe the Jedi in the future are called Skywalkers or something. We don't know. We'll you know we'll find out. But Skywalkers. I, I see your point. I see. Oh, yeah, and, 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 with, and with the Luke one because I've had time to do it. The Luke one, obviously, inspiring the galaxy. Nobody came on crate, and we know that afterwards. Afterwards, that you know, we saw the kids playing, but it still took Lando to go and corral the troops. Nobody was coming to the resistance aid. Resistance reborn even does that as well. They're like nobody, still people still aren't coming to the resistance's aid, and so was Luke's sacrifice in vain because they didn't really build on it. And ah! will it, will it, will it, will it, will it inspired enough people to effectively rebuild a resistance? Yeah, like like there's at the end of the Last Jedi, there's <laughs> like twelve up a people. <laughs> I know. Right? At the end of at the end of the Last Jedi, there's like twelve people in the Rise of Skywalker. There's, there's there's a hell of a lot more people. Um, and like you said, we see the kids at the end of the Last Jedi. That's very symbolic of the young generation listening to that. And yeah, maybe it all these people did hear about this and it mm-hmm. did take a a like a, a literal person to go like oh yeah you know that luke skywalker stuff no that, that, that's real that is real mm-hmm. and i know the place where we need to go it's in the outer regions follow me and they're like okay yeah, cool sweet. yeah I, I i yeah listen i would take out of titles out of titles i think jewel of fates is better but Looking at the scripts and, and looking at the, the script and uh, Rise of Skywalker from what we have seen, you know, give me 
out of the two, give me a Rise of Skywalker that answers Palpatine better, with, with mm. ideally with Plagueis, plus 10, 15, maybe 20 more minutes, sold. Sold. Yep. Yeah? Answering Palpatine, answering the Palpatine thing, and just fleshing out the 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 um story a bit letting the story breathe dude game changer complete game changer can't argue that apparently broom boy is supposed to be in this film was like a one shot of broom boy oh yeah and, yeah yeah, yeah. as like part that. of the uprising i imagine which would have been quite cool but now again the fun part of this is it's all it's all just a conjecture because we'll never know because this this script ain't, ain't ever being filmed ain't ever going to be like a splinter of the mind's eye where they make a book about it and it's not gonna be like that but and in the end of the day the resistance wins and the first order loses so that's all we need to know so um no i prefer duel of the fates as well just because the, you know the, the dual duality the fates of the two he could really literally tie that into the characters as well i think as well so i agree with duel of the fates as well so yeah um that was what we thought about it as well and i, I, I was really interested to get your opinion on this because i know you're extremely level-headed where sometimes i'm prone to look at something and go this is amazing but this is what i thought i'm glad that we had a few days to sit on it rather than finding out last night because again i actually really quite enjoy this as a script you know it's an entertaining read to 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 imagine what would have happened how it would have been on screen who knows but yeah i was really really looking forward to getting what you thought mate no, it's an absolute pleasure, man. And it, hey, it's been jokes, you know. Like, and and I'm sure we'll bring this up in the future too. Snokes is jokes. <laughs> oh, you naughty boy! Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, aka Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Right, we've had we've had our discussion about the Rise of Skywalker. The title didn't mean anything versus Jewel of the Fates. I'm parched now. I need a drink. Let's go into that dirty little drinking hole over there, shall we? Uh, let's do it. Well, beefcake. Uh, barman, two Kef beers, please. Yeah, two Kef beers. And let's avoid getting a drink over our faces. <laughs> um, right. So as a poll across all of our socials, we asked what your guys' reaction was to if... Taika Waititi gets the next Star Wars gig. 94.7% would be up for it, with only 5.3% saying they wouldn't be down with it. Basically, 95% of you guys said Taika Waititi, known for Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Jojo Rabbit more recently mm-hmm. he's directed episodes of The Mandalorian he voiced IG-11 um, help me out the Wilder People thing Hunt for he the did... Wilder People he Thank did you. Uh, What We Do in the Shadows so dude the thing I was going to say earlier on in the show in the intro was that actually I watched Thor Ragnarok I, as you An know MCU film yep uh, yeah I'm not the biggest MCU guy um, but I wanted to watch this because of the news about Tigers, I was like, you know what? It's been recommended to me like 101 times. I need to give this a listen or a listen. Look at me and my podcast head. Uh, I need to give this a watch. Well, lad. <laughs> I need to give this a watch. Um, and hey, I enjoyed it. It's all right. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I nothing to shout about. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I think Tiger, Tiger would get Star Wars. Um, again, though, bro, they need to figure out a plan. 
they need to figure out a plan because we get we yeah. had some capable directors with the sequel trilogy and and they were they were capable and they made they made amazing products in their own right but bro they need to they need to figure that I out i dig you man i go here i i'm guessing this would be a standalone film would it be the kevin feige one they worked together before if you want Taika Waititi, go and watch Hunt for the Wilder People. Go check out Jojo Rabbit. Two magnificently good films. Jojo Rabbit has the humour, the irreverence, heart, emotion, the weight, the depth. There's a couple of scenes in it which are just like, are fantastic, are like superb. And that's all I'll say. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's seen it, but I watched it. I gave it 10 out of 10. I thought it was superb. Did you? You gave it a 10? I did. I don't give it. I give a few films that, but just because it gave me everything I wanted. Because when you think about the original, like synopsis, you think that's a bit iffy. Mm. I'm not sure mm. how that's going to play out. Mm. But um, you know, Taika Waititi handles it with a grace of respect and uh, the right amount of finger pointing when needs be. But there's a particular scene about two, three, th- two thirds of the way through, which is just like it feels like you've just been kicked in the gut. It's yeah. so well done as well. And Hunt for the Wilder People is a great sort of smaller independent news Kiwi film. Again, full of heart, full of warmth, full of humour. It's great. They're the films I'd say to watch as well. And his Mandalorian episodes, he showed that he could he, he gets Star Wars. And I know a few people weren't overly enamoured with the kind with the stormtrooper gags at the beginning and all that, but I I thought his episode, the final episode of the Mando, I thought he bossed it. Yeah, man. Yeah, the dude is incredibly capable. Incredibly capable. This is the sort of dude you want, like, in, on the Lucasfilm team. Yeah, oh, he, this guy is a rising talent, like, quick rising talent. So let's get him on board. That's that's yeah. what that's what I reckon. Ninety five percent of you said the same as well. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. and that's across all the socials. Which is which is mad. So yeah, thanks guys. And um, so, what do you guys then? We all know you're the best listeners in the galaxy. We say it every week. We believe it every week because you are. What did you guys think of the Trevorrow script for Jewel of the Fates? Then, Blooky Boy, take us away. Well, 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 well. We got a busy one this week. We got Space Cookie Mum, who starts us off by saying, "Seemed as much of a hot mess as the Rise of Skywalker." We got. I'd love to know what Ryan Johnson had imagined for the end of the story. I bet it was elegant and actually hopeful. And Mr. J86 said, thought it was rubbish, to be honest. I'm very happy with how things turned out. Film Fanes Anonymous went all Poe Dameron gif and shouted, epic! And the Star Wars podcast said, it's so strange that this has been leaked so soon after the movie has come out, The Rise of Skywalker. Almost like trying to put the boot in while critics are still being negative about the film. Interesting. Yeah, patron Renegade Six Killer wasn't pleased. He said, first draft in particular was awful, lacking emotion, no Lucasian themes, not a saga ending. Patron Lady of the Wolves said, I thought let a woman write a Star War. And Emily Boner added, I got a stomachache because I liked it so much. Damn. Nice. Renegade Six Killer went on the tweets and unleashed a torrent of vitriol towards this, which was very entertaining and very well written. I suggest you guys check it out. Jump Hyperspace said, better than The Rise of Skywalker. D10VX said, eh. The Force Foodie went with, there were pros and cons. Some things I liked, others I thought were awful. Overall, JJ's 9 was better. And Stu Janssen said, great way to end the saga with meaning. Not overdone with fan service. 
Yeah, nicely said. Uh, Luca Strolli said lots of cool ideas, but it comes down to execution. <laughs> so I don't know who's episode nine I would like more. Um, Dave Dunn said, I prefer what we got. Loved Rise. Not perfect, but looks like we got the good deal. Uh, continuing on, the Slafer said, I liked Finn Story and Ray Nobody, but other than that, I didn't like what I read. Interesting. And You Mother Son said, I like the sound of it and how it follows on from The Last Jedi. At the same time, it's all about how it's executed <laughs> on the big screen. Darth Dildo said, I would love to see aspects used in other Star Wars stories, but it felt smaller than The Rise of Skywalker. You're too right. <laughs> the Omi One sent us a muscle arm and burger emoji. Thanks for that, guys, again. And Nasty Cat 18 said, I like you. Meow. <laughs> there you go. The Nasty Cat meows. one. I mean, it just got a bit weird at the end there, didn't it? Um, muscle arm, burger emoji, a Nasty Cat 18, I like you, meow. And, of course, um, I, think he's a, I think he's also a Kiwi, like um, Taika Waititi, Darth Dildo. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a legend, is what he is. Spelled with a Y, people. D-Y-L-D-O. Dial, yes. Uh, Dial, the only one that sent us that muscle arm and burger for the last four weeks, so I thought I'd definitely get you on. A nasty yeah. cat. Well, we like you too, so I thought you'd chuck you in there. Do you know what I got from these comments? And thank you, everybody. And again, as we say, there was a ton more. So for those who we couldn't get to, thank you. And do keep sending them in, because we'll get you featured on the show. What I will say is this is an awfully mixed bag of responses. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. which is I'd have loved to have, yeah I would have loved to have seen a poll on which one did you prefer because I reckon it would have been very tight. Yeah, I do you know what I think you're right. I think it would be pretty tight. Um, and myself, I'm still letting it settle in. I think I'm leaning towards Rise of Skywalker, but an extended Rise of Skywalker that would knock it out of the park. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like we don't know how much was cut out of the trust. Maybe they were like, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going in circles now. Shut up, Luke. Give us a give us a Peter Jackson cut. Three hours and a three and a half hours long. Oh, uh, I would dig that. And we mentioned to start a show in the Galactic News Round. Star Wars Sessions merch. Yes, yes, people have been asking for it. Yes, we have listened, and yes, we've done it. Uh, we're on. We've got a T Public store. It's now up there. There's a couple of designs, very standard, like the ones you've seen me and Luke and Isaac Blyze at Pevy rocking at Comic Con and in my front room and elsewhere around Essex. Um, so you get uh, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs. If you really want a tote bag or some textiles, you can get that as well. The website is tpublic.com forward slash users slash Star Wars Sessions, all one word. Now, we don't set the prices. They're actually very good prices, but we don't set them. Um, so if you do want a to rock the sessions and rep us wherever you go, you now can. And the uh, products on offer are actually pretty spicy. Yeah, guys, they are absolute filth. Now, don't forget, we're going to be coming out with some exclusive T-shirts, but that's all going to be handled separately. T-Public, it's just going to be the basics, you know, your logos, maybe some other things, some collaborations, but there's going to be some exclusive stuff that's going to be done separately. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that another time. Yep, so tpublic.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Check it out, and if you want to rep us, do so, because let's face it, we're pretty cool. The best. 
best podcast you've ever heard Star Wars sessions on the mic, it's quite absurd Got a Patreon now, we're lots of tears From $2 a month, it's all it is Best podcast Hello there Best podcast Best podcast Roger, roger Podcast. That's right, people. From as little as $2 a month for less than a cup of coffee at a coffee shop, you can listen to amazing content, extra shows from both Matt and I, and a cheeky podcast. Honestly, this is the deal of the century. Nice, spicy, tidy. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. It's the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now, we're lots of tears. From $2 a month is all it is. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. Podcast. Now, talking of pretty cool, talking of repping us, we've got the best patrons in the galaxy. And every every month, for those who join at the three dollar tier and above, you get a, a question which we will answer on the show. We'll get them in however many we get. So, as per, we're going to answer a few of them now. So, who do we have first, matey? Right. So, up first from our lovely bunch of legends from Patreon, we got Vadim. Simmons, the king Ooh. of Belgium. Yes. So I hear. Um, Vadim says, all the love and spice to you. My question is, which three Star Wars games are your favourites and possibly deserve a remake? Um, after NES and before PS2, that is. Mine are three, Rebel Assault 2, PS1, uh, two, Episode 1 Racer on the N64, mm. and number one, is Rogue Squadron on the N64. Those are filth, filth options. I bet my brother is loving that. My brother is well into his yeah. retro games. Um, dude, take us away. Name us three of yours. Good question. Uh, not for another time, but for now. I would go... I, I like your answers. I would actually... I would also take Episode 1 Racer N64. Not to steal your thunder, Vadim, but I'm going to. Uh, I, li- I really like Episode 1 Racer, and I think that could be, that could be done for a remake. Uh, Masters of Terrace Kazi, PS1. The game itself was a bit naff. Star Wars Tekken. But with updated graphics, proper mechanics, and maybe tweak the naff story. It could be a fun spin on the Star Wars games we're getting in a minute. Um, uh, Force Commander, which came out on Windows, I think. Same as above. Could be a sweet game if you add in... If you get rid of the can- the original plots they put in and add in some like canon plots like they did with the Battlefront 2 campaign... I think it'd be good. It's another Imperial Defector story, but it's a big galaxy, so why not? I'm also going to chuck out KOTOR as well. Imagine KOTOR with new mechanics and 2020 graphics. I think that would look pretty sweet. It looks good enough as it is. Bought into today, I think it would look out of this world. Oh, dude, those are some spicy legends. And yeah, bro, KOTOR, do a KOTOR remix. That would be absolute filth. That would be really ambitious, but I'd love to play it. Um, Okay, so... For for me, um, one of the ones that that that, that comes straight to my mind, mostly because it's one of the first games I think I I remember playing on my own and working through, um, and it's actually uh, the Phantom Menace game Ooh, on yes. PlayStation One. That game was so sweet. 
so sweet on PlayStation 1 playing that. And my brother played it too because we shared the PS1, we shared the console. Yep. Oh, bro, so spicy. So spicy, honestly. Um, I'm going to say this is cheeky. I'm, I'm not sure if I can get away with this. I'm, I'm going to say, say. What, what am I going to say? One of the battlefronts. Bro, you know me too. <laughs> well, you naughty boy. Do you know what? I'm going to be real cheeky. I'm going to say all of the battlefronts for one reason or another. Battlefront 1 and 2 and then Battlefront 1 and 2. Um, (laughs) Because I remember being in like 2005 and discovering, I thought I discovered, quote unquote, discovered this like crazy Star Wars game. I was with my mum shopping. We were at Sainsbury's. And I remember the day. I, I, I clearly remember the day that we went into Sainsbury's, which is a supermarket here in the UK. And I went to the game's aisle and there was a Star Wars game called Star Wars Battlefront. And it said in the back, it said I could, I could fight in the battles and I could ride in the, in the vehicles. I was thinking to myself, I was like, what? Every kid's dream. What? I, I could not believe it. I remember playing Battlefront 1 that week and I, I couldn't believe how fortunate I was. I, 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 I thought this game is crazy. This game is crazy good. Crazy good. And my love for the Battlefronts have, uh, has been strong ever since. And it's same that continued with Battlefront 2 when that came out the following year. I think that was 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so sweet. That was so sweet playing that, playing those games. Um, and even the modern ones, I have such fond memories of playing the modern ones. Even the most recent one, Battlefront 2, I was playing that a little bit last night. It was so, so good. So good. <laughs> so good. So, yeah. And, and then last but not least, do you know what, mate? Go on. You guys, you guys are going to be thinking, oh, Luke, he's going to take it vintage. No, mate, it's got to be Fallen Order. Ooh. Fallen Order, mate. Sick. Sick. Fallen Order is so naughty. So naughty. I rate that game. I really rate it. Yeah. Oh, I misread the question as well. Um, oh, I thought I thought the question was which ones should have get should get a remake. Oh man, which ones are your favourites? Yeah, man. Battlefront two, the original Battlefronts, and Fallen Order is the best oh, that's Star Wars true. game. But um I again can't argue with Kotor for the the breadth, the scope, the imagination, the impact it's had. But um, Fall in Order for me, just because I absolutely dug the story. We also need a strategy game. And I know there was one. I think there was one. It wasn't super popular, but we, we need a Star Wars strategy game. That would be mm-hmm. so sick. I miss the days of LucasArts where they were just pumping games out. Because obviously right. now it's very it's canon-centric and you have to adhere to that, which I love. But there also is kind of... A, strangle some of the creators where you can't just to say oh let's let's put out a strategy game because you have to go through levels upon levels of story group and all that now to make sure it adheres to uh, established canon again which is a good thing but do kind of miss the days where you could just get a random star wars game about anything and you knew it and you know it it for all you know it was canon back then bro as well have you seen like the trend online that people have their avatars as Lego Star Wars. Have you noticed that? I haven't noticed that, no. I've seen, obviously, uh, Luke Summerfield's wonderful uh, Lego 
photography, but I've never actually seen. I haven't seen noticed it. No, right. If you if you look, I, I, I saw I read into this. Apparently, it's from TikTok. Like some of one of the guys from. <laughs> so you know, like TikTok, yeah, like the app, like the social yeah, media platform. It, yeah. You know that has become like one of the biggest social media platforms like, ever. Yeah, like it's it's crazy big, and apparently i know too much about this um apparently like some of the biggest tiktokers they're called live in this house in like la or something and um one of them just put as their avatar on instagram or tiktok sorry as like one of the lego star wars characters and then everyone in the house did it and then like loads of people on reddit were doing it and loads of people on tiktok then loads of people on instagram started doing it and long story short like if you go on instagram you will notice little Lego avatars of Star Wars characters surrounded by a blue circle. And it is everywhere. Like, everywhere. Like, it's become, like, a trend on all of the internet. It's I've mental. Got, I've, got, I've got to look for this, mate. Yeah, broski. You're, now I've mentioned it, look out for it in the comments and stuff, and yeah. you'll be like, what? What is going on here? So, yeah, there's been a funny little resurgence from that. Um, right. but I thought I'd report on that little 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 snippet of goodness. Always there at the Galactic News Desk. There, uh, I want a I want a Lego figure of yourself and me made a Star Wars Sessions oh, Lego men. Do it, anybody? Do it. do it, do it, do it for us, and we'll be forever grateful. Uh, Vadim, thank you for that, mate, and uh, everybody out there listening. Let us know what your favourite Star Wars games are, and ones which maybe could do with a little rework as well. Uh, finally, we've got one for Paul Buckle, the man who could rock an R2 tuxedo. He said, here's a question for you regarding the Mandalorian. We all love Rogue One. Yes, we do. Do you think that the finale of the Mandalorian has a link to the files in Scarif? Uh, do you think this has always been about Moff Gideon? Anyway, looking forward to a spicy 2020. Now, I really like this question. Firstly, because we do all love Rogue One because it's the best Star Wars ever made. Um, mm. Mm. But... I really like this little tie in. What did you think about this one, mate? Um, yeah, I think that is, again, that's not something that I realized or, or necessarily deeply thought about um, until Paul mentioned it to us. So, do I think it could be a link? Listen, mate, I think The Mandalorian, and I'm sure we're going to do an episode about this. Yeah, it deserves its own main topic. Put it this way, but yes. let, let me continue. Shut up, Luke. Um, the <laughs> Mandalorian has the ability and I think the potential to answer a lot of questions and plot threads, plot points, plot holes in the whole of Star Wars, particularly mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. We're talking Rogue One. We're, ta- we're talking, yeah, Maz having the Skywalker saber. saber. <laughs> how, how, like, we don't know how that happened. Guess who's going to answer it? Who do, who do I think it's going to... Who, who's going to answer that, you ask, Paul? Matt? Yeah, it's going to be the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is going to answer that because the Mandalorian is killing it. Killing it. Yeah, so, can't argue that. Yeah, I, I think it's a, that's a great point, though. Great point, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. No, I think it's a good point because Jin... When she's going through it, she finds hyperspace tracking, navigational systems, Stellosphere, um, Pax Aurora, Mark Omega, I remember them, Cluster Prism, War Mantle, Stardust, Black Sabre. Um, Rogue One's written way before The Mandalorian, um, but Pablo and the story group confirmed, long time, I think it was on a Star Wars show, they confirmed that all of these things I've just mentioned were added later in the writing process. So the script was written, and they actually added. So you say, can we have War Mantle in? Can we have Cluster Prism? And all that. 
So they um, so they added them in so they could pay off later down the line in future stories. So why not? The hyperspace tracking paid off big time in The Last Jedi. Um, Jin Erso mentions it in Rogue One, hyperspace tracking. The Empire are yeah. trying to do it. Couldn't do it. The First Order took that and made it. So yeah, I'd love to true. think there's a link. And why not? You know, the Darksaber's a black saber. Maybe the, maybe the Empire's trying to get their hands on it as a show of power or, or dominance or just to study its working. So... I, I like to think it is, and I want to find out what Marco Omega is, because that sounds weird. But um, I don't see why not. I, I think it's a good find, and yeah, I'd love to find that the Empire were trying to study the Darksaber yes. and actually one of the files, and that's and that, in fact, oh, Gideon was the one yes. who did it. Yes, spot on. That is totally a way they could weave it in. And I could definitely see him doing that, dude. Definitely. Spot, spot on. I'm going to watch Rogue One after recording tonight. I'm going to Ooh. watch it again Ooh. for like the 19th time this year. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that, guys. If you want to get a question in, uh, we have tiers from $2, uh, starting from $2 and above as the rap tells you. And from $3 and above, you get a question every month and we will guarantee we will answer your question on the show. Master Blywalker, what's the link for people who may want to check out Patreon? Go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Easy as that. Sweet. And talking of people you should really want to check out, brings us on to Curtis Smith with one of his legendary poems. Take it away, sir. A very long fuse. While the Empire accorded one-touch genocide, your love launched a weapon you chose Saw to guide. Little Jin Urso, when she grows, then you know, she'll be a knife in the Emperor's side. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry, always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. Ties in nicely to the Rogue One theme. That one was all about Jin Urso being a knife in the side of the Empire. Uh, Curtis Smith, a man who, when he walks into your home, you become the guest. (laughs) (laughs) Always, Curtis. Always a legend. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, another week. Another Star Wars Sessions game. Right, Matty boy, are you ready? Are you ready for this filth? You want to know the title of this week's game? I was born ready. It's called Star Wars or No Star Wars. Cue the music. (laughs) Cue the music, funky white boy. Or cute. Hang on, I got that wrong. Cue the funky music, white boy. That's it. I'll go with that one. <laughs> you do. I prefer being Ooh. a funky white boy, but butcher that one. Um, <laughs> okay, right. So the aim of the game is to say yes or no or true or false, whatever. Start with actually, preferably Star Wars or no Star Wars. Um, okay. To quotes, I'm going to give you some quotes, and you're going to tell me are they in Star Wars or are they not in Star Wars? Oh, okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Star Wars or no Star Wars? Star Wars. That's right, you naughty boy. Tick. <laughs> Next one. Luke, I am your father. Star Wars or no Star Wars? 
I've got to remember to get the right one. No Star Wars. Good boy. Smashing yes. it. Naughty boy. Right. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Obi-Wan, how did you find me? Oh, I saw a huge explosion and wondered, now, who could that be? Oh, so that could be Clone Wars. Um, Star Wars. Nice. Nah, no uh, Star tick, 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 Wars. Boom. Oh, oh no! You naughty boy. Good, good effort though. I like your thinking. Thinking it's Clone Wars. That's that's a good good direction of thinking. Thanks, okay, mate. Next one. Next one is. <clears throat> how did you find me? Oh, it was easy. I just listened for the sound of complete and utter betrayal and followed that. No spells. Yes, <laughs> good boy. I thought you were reading the same quote. I was like, I'm going to do a you from last week and, and answer it, mate. We love it, you love it, the kids love it. <laughs> Let's not mention the cheating I did last week. Um, Good next cheating. one. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Star Wars or no Star Wars? Mm, Star Wars. Yeah, you naughty boy. <laughs> Tick another one. Next one. <laughs> There's always a larger fish. No Star Wars. Oh, that's right. And what should there's it be? Always, there's always a bigger fish. Yes, good boy. <laughs> yes, good my boy. man. Okay. Next one. This is fun. Easy, easy is the path to wisdom for those only not blinded by themselves. Oh. Mm. Star Wars or no Star Wars? Cool. If you've made that up, I think you should write a book. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I think it could be anime. I got no Star Wars. It's Star Wars, mate. Is it? It's Star Wars, mate. It's Star Wars. No. Naughty well, boy. Well, I'm still going to credit you for making it up anyway. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, no, mate. Dude, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, right, ready? Yes. <clears throat> That's Anakin's tracking signal, all right. But it's coming from Tatooine. What the blazes is he doing there? He hates sand. <laughs> The first part, Star Wars, and then the whole part, ah, no Star Wars. <laughs> he got it. He got it. I, that was a little curveball in there. I was wondering if, yeah, because it is spot on until the... Oh, get ready to sand. scream, Star Wars. Oh, broski, broski. Okay. Last one. <sighs> Always pass on what you have gained. Star Wars <laughs> or non-Star Wars? Ooh. <laughs> No Star Wars. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could have been a Lego Star Wars. I, you never know. They love a gurning <laughs> session on Star Wars. They all love a good gurning session on Star okay, Wars. Cheeky okay. gurning session. Lego Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> mate, yeah, that's it. That, that is this week's Star Wars Sessions game. Love it, mate. I like it. We've, haven't, we've never played a quote game before. There we go. Blywalker, mate. Bringing out the punches, mate. I like that. Smashing it. Smashing it out of the park. We love it. You love it. The kids love it, as Dan Sexton would say. The Senate loves it too. Guess who's going to steal that game soon? Me. Oh, the Senate. (laughs) The Senate. Thank you very much, mate. And, well, thank you guys for listening. But you know what that means. When the game's finished, the show's finished. That is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there. Nobody's ever really gone. Where can the world find us? Master Blywalker. They can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session 
on Twitter. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or cheeky message to our email address, which is sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. That's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. And if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yes, you can listen to us right now with your ears but also on anchor fm spotify apple podcasts everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast we're gonna be there Uh, and if you love our show please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser it's the imdb imdb for podcasts it's awesome we're on there drop us a review on there if you would be so kind because i say every week we love hearing from you it makes our week so thank you guys yeah, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell the bloke who delivers the Chinese, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, the more the merrier. The castle spicier. I fancy a Chinese now. Tell Tor Valum, who's just come out of nowhere as well. Tell him that this is the <laughs> podcast that you're looking for. So until next time, from me, it's see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Luke. Essex-based podcast heroes... Detecting a massive object emerging from hyperspace. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs>